0: if you think about kind of the real world experience, you know, maybe you pay 30, 50, a hundred dollars to go see a show. Maybe you buy the 30, $40 t-shirt. That's kind of all you can contribute on Twitch. It's unkept. You can give lots and lots of gift subscriptions. You can give an unlimited number of dollars. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's fairly regular. I mean, I go on Twitch music, like, Pretty much every day for yeah. an hour or several hours, and you know you see people drop mm-hmm. thousands of dollars a week. Um, you know, one stream, someone will drop a hundred gift subs, which is five hundred dollars. They give a thousand dollar donation. You know, those sort of things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that's so special is mm. you, know, you can support the artist however you want, and that community all kind of sees it, and it incentivizes everyone else to give support as well.
1: You're right. When you buy a ticket to a concert, they don't say it's $30 or more they're just like this is the cost and, and you want to buy a t-shirt it's like this is the cost yeah. of that it's yeah. very transactional and can seemingly be a little cold whereas this it's so much more fluid and i love that you know twitch works in like bits and subs mm-hmm. and subscriptions yeah. and like and it's it's not like dollars necessarily but we know it's like you just gifted a 100 subs it's like wow you just dropped 500 on this artist This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep 100% of your royalties check out distrokid.com What's going on? Welcome to the new music business. I'm your host Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today's a special episode. It is a live podcast episode in the spirit of what we're talking about today, which is live streaming specifically on Twitch. We invited Ari's Take Academy students to be part of the conversation, and you'll hear a few other questions at the end. My guest today is Tracy Patrick Chan. He is currently the VP head of music at Twitch. He is the top honcho. He's the dude. He's the guy who's in charge of the direction of music at Twitch and all things music at Twitch. Now, before that, he has actually a very impressive resume. He was at Spotify for Art. He's the guy who actually created Spotify for Artists. So I'm sure everyone listening to this is extremely familiar with Spotify for Artists like I am and are on there every single day checking out your stats. You can thank Tracy for that. He's the one who created those artist tools. And then before that, he was at YouTube and he created the artist tools at YouTube, like YouTube Analytics. And so Tracy is that guy who kind of comes in and creates the tools for artists. So he is um, still fairly new to the company. He started right at kind of the start of the pandemic. Twitch is rapidly evolving and shifting every day. And so we get into that. Uh, Depending on when you're listening to this, things most likely will have evolved by this conversation in the specifics of Um, you know, the, the points that we touch on in the programs that are dealing with, like we, we talk about soundtrack and we talk about rights and we talk about licenses and all that stuff. But really the majority and the bulk of this conversation is how do you be successful on Twitch? Should you even start Twitch? Who is Twitch for? Is it good for everyone? Or just the select few? Do you need millions of followers to make a living on Twitch? Uh, the answer to that is actually, I'm going to tell you no. And there's a really, really interesting stat that he brings up. And I'm going to save it so you'll stick with the episode. Um, and where he he discusses, and this is, this is newsy because I don't think this is printed or written anywhere else, uh, that he just got cleared to release these numbers, um, what it means when an artist is making a... a good living on Twitch and making a good living annually just from Twitch, what that actually means, and it's astounding how few fans you actually need and few followers to do that. It's like the opposite of the, um, the micro payments and macro numbers that we deal with on Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube and all of that craziness. So really interesting conversation that I had with the head of music, Tracy Patrick Chan, I know you're going to enjoy it. As always, please like, follow, subscribe. However you're listening to this right now, pause this and follow it. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple, wherever you are, Stitcher, follow us, give us a subscribe. Uh, If you're on YouTube right now, please hit that subscribe button. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. I'm just at Ari Herstand. And then you can follow all of us, everyone who's making this show happen. That's at Ari's Take, both on Instagram and Twitter. As always, visit com. sign up for the email list. If you're not on the email list, you're missing some really, really important information that I send out regularly about the new music business. All right, let's kick into the show. Tracy Patrick Chan, welcome to the show.
0: <laughs> Good to be here with the Ari.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... You have a really interesting story, and it's—I'm—I'm I'm really excited that now that you are the head of music at Twitch, VP head of music at Twitch, um, that we can kind of dig into this because it seems like you always kind of um, come into these tech companies that have music as a really big component of it, right at the perfect time when they're like, it's—it's it's a need for it's like, oh, you know, we should really cater to the musicians' needs, and it's like you know, the, the platform has become successful and now we need to like really musicians are saying, Hey, like we could really use some additional tools in some ways that you could help us. And then you pop in and save the day. You did that with YouTube, <laughs> uh, where you kind of came in and created that whole creator universe and the analytics and all of that on YouTube, um, which is brilliant. Uh, I remember when it came out, and it was just mind-blowing. And it was so helpful and useful uh, for musicians to just kind of see where their audience was and their fans, and it was visual, and it was great. And then you did it at Spotify. For people who don't know, Tracy created Spotify for artists and like came in there and did that, which is you know also brilliant and, and something that was like so desperately needed. So I'm curious what are you doing at Twitch now? What is happening at <laughs> Twitch? Twitch for like, you know, up until recently, me and most people thought it was just a gamer platform. I thought it was just like for video gaming and and then like people would watch people play video games and I'm just like, that's cool. But then, you know, since the pandemic started, like musicians I've noticed have been flooding it. And I'm like, man, so what is happening with Twitch in the music space and what are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think
0: like you said, I always just kind of like to be kind of helping build the future because just music has changed so much, you know, over the last several decades and it continues to change. And so, you know, for me, you know, arguably I was at a really, really great spot at Spotify, you know, building Spotify for artists and for building tools for labels and songwriters and publishers and all of them. You know, we built kind of all the basics and really kind of the thing that was really exciting to me about Twitch was artists have just been telling me left and right you know, we want to get to know our fans, you know, yeah. yep, you're giving me these nice charts and graphs over at Spotify, and we were building more and more stuff. But it's like, I just want to get to know who they are. Why is my music resonating with them? Um, what's what, are you know, what are they thinking about day to day? Because, you know, ultimately, that relationship between artists and fan is one of the most powerful ones. And that's what kind of helps you throughout your careers, you know, through the ups and the downs. And mm-hmm. so, with Twitch, what was super exciting was, you know, yep, it's super kind of video game forward. And that's what we're most known for. But there's always been that kind of small, dedicated, you know, community of musicians who like kind of figured out a different model um, where it wasn't just, you know, hey, I'm posting pictures to, you know, Instagram or whatever, and doing some comments and likes. It was like spending a quality time with the fans. And so, you know, as I started talking with the Twitch team, because, you know, I, I, I was just so kind of blown away. I'm just how the artists were interacting with the fans. I talked to a bunch of my artists and manager friends. on like, hey, what's the deal with Twitch relative to you know, Instagram Live or YouTube Live and things like that. And the mm-hmm. things that they were telling me were just kind of like mind blowing. So you know, they were telling me things like, you know, if you look at some of the social platforms, you, know, you get a few minutes of, of, of watching and things like that. On mm-hmm. Twitch, you know, people are sticking around and, and interacting with the artists for like one to two hours. And you know, wow. coming from Spotify and YouTube, I'm like, that makes no sense to me. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm much more of a four minute kind of guy. <laughs> right, um, right. And so, you know, as I dug, you know, more and more into just what Twitch was all about, it just became super, super exciting. Um, that this could be the future where artists and fans could actually spend lots of time together. They could get to know each other, and it wasn't just. Mm-hmm the fans getting to know the artists and, you know, the behind the scenes and the creative process, Mm -hmm. it was the artists getting to know the fans as well. Um, Mm. And so that was kind of the genesis of, you know, what attracted me so much about Twitch because there was just such a need, you know, for artists of all sizes to kind of get to know their fans. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of, you know, when, when I joined and this was kind of at the beginning, you know, of the pandemic. And so, obviously, you know, tours were starting to shut down, venues were starting to shut down, and yeah. like you pointed out, a bunch of artists just started to come onto Twitch and just yeah. try to figure out, you know, what is this, you know, service all about? Um, and you know, I think initially a lot of artists started, hey, I have my stage show, I'm just going to bring it on to Twitch right. and just kind of do the live stream, and you know, those kind of worked okay. But yeah. what was really, really working really well was kind of just doing what those musicians who were already on Twitch were doing, which is you know actually spending quality time. Um, mm-hmm. The trick really of Twitch is is if you as an artist let your community of fans actually kind of like basically kind of help control what's happening with the performance, what's mm. happening on screen. Like, that's where the magic really, really happens.
1: So let's dig into that a little bit, because I think this is um, a resistance point or a challenge point for a lot of musicians that are starting to live stream, no matter the platform, but Sure. definitely Twitch because you have the most uh, built out features to facilitate this what you're talking yeah. about and I, I think a lot of musicians who are listening to this have no idea what you're saying right now or talking yeah. about and they yeah. can't fathom that fans Sounds are like, on there for two hours like wait yeah. I want you know yeah, like totally. a concert so yeah. you know when musicians think about crafting a stage show we yeah. think about the set list we think about maybe we, uh, you know what we're going to say in between the songs yeah. the banter's almost sometimes planned out or it's been worked yeah. out through the hundreds of shows that we've played. We know how it's going to work. Um, and then, you know, most times you're not really, can't really see the audience. Sometimes totally. you can if you're in like a, a well-lit environment or something like that. Or, you know, maybe solo singer, songwriter shows are a little bit different. If you're in a listening room, you can kind of vibe off of them a little bit, but there isn't a back and forth really ever. It's both just both. a performance. Yeah. So yep. when you're saying that the audience, the fans can can help guide or dictate what the show is I, I don't understand what that means so it's ex- explain what you mean by that
0: totally no i mean that's a great point and I, and I think you're right it takes a mindset shift so the way that you know a lot of artists think about it is mm-hmm. i think about twitch initially to kind of to your point is they think how do i take my show and just kind of put it in a live stream so right. that you know my fans are in the front row of the mm-hmm. concert well it's that but also it's the green room experience as well. So if you kind of mindset shift there, think about a green room, think about, you know, you might be hanging out, you might be talking, maybe you kind of play a few songs or that sort of thing. Like that's where the magic actually happens. And so, you know, that's what we just kind of, that's the mindset shift that we, you know, like to help artists kind of understand. It's like, no, 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 your fans are there. Like, think about them.
1: Um, And I think to your point, yeah, yeah. Oh no, go, go, keep going.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I was just uh, thinking about, um, we have an artist named Kiger. It's uh, K-I-I-G-E-R. Um, mm-hmm. She exactly said the same thing that you did. She's like, you know, when I do a live show, you know, yes, I interact with the audience and, you know, talk mm-hmm. with them. But like, in some ways, it's everything kind of feels a little bit pre-planned. And it, and it is a show, kind of all aspects of it is a show. Yeah. But the thing about live streams is like, this is ephemeral content. You know what mm. I mean, and so you don't have to be so produced. And I think the audience appreciates kind of some realness. Or if you're feeling down, you can kind of talk about what's going on in your day, mm. and you don't have to be super perfect. And I think that authenticity, yeah, like it leads to a better relationship with artists and fans.
1: Yeah, I love I love that you um, you re- refer to it as the green room experience because I think every artist can understand that when it's put into that. Um, when it's put into into that mindset and that concept, we get that. And and I remember like, um, you know, on some of my tours there. I, I remember this one tour that I did where I was I was playing Shubas in Chicago, and I got hit up a couple days beforehand and by this guy. He's like, "Hey, I'm trying to. I'm bringing a date to your show. She's a big fan. Uh, I want to impress her. Do you think that like?" you well, you could come hang out with you in the green room f- before the show i'll pay you 200 bucks and just like maybe we could just hang out and you could play a couple songs i'm like holy shit that's the easiest 200 dollars i've ever made and like yeah. you would pay for this you like just yep. want to pay to just like hang out for 15 20 minutes and like we did it and it was amazing and you know and i played a couple songs we chatted we shot the shit i asked yeah. them about themselves that you know it's me I played a couple songs, and, like, that experience, it felt very organic. I made some money, which was amazing, and, yeah. and then, like, you know, they did sit actually front row at the concert, and they became yeah. giant fans, and, totally. like, to this day, they're super fans, um, and I, like, I get that, and so, like, you know, not even just the a- aspect of, like, getting to know your fans better – you know, that was like a, a um, kind of a light bulb moment for me. I'm like, this could be a revenue stream too. Yeah. And people are willing to pay for this backstage behind the scenes content. And like, this almost kind of seems like it's like bringing it into this digital space. Now, Twitch does for people who like don't have much experience with it. One of the coolest components of it is there are so many built in features and some features that are just, you um, Accepted on there that you can kind of uh, showcase through you know third-party platforms like Streamlabs OBS or something like that. You have little tip yep. jars. You have flying emotes all over the screen, little icons, <laughs> yeah. things. You have like, but but really at the end, it, yes, it's almost like a gamified experience, but it's a way for fans to also support. The artists that they really dig. So speak to that a little bit because I think a lot of artists, when all tours got shut down, are looking for ways to subsidize that missing income. And I've seen that we've seen like some artists are able to significantly subsidize that income and actually make a, a pretty uh decent revenue stream and in income on Twitch by kind of following you know, what the etiquette is of the platform. And what you're speaking to is like what people are there to do. They're not just there to sit front row, but actually be in the green room.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's a great point. And I think really, the key is, is, you know, it's not just kind of letting the audience dictate what's happening on screen, it's Mm -hmm. really co creating with them. And that's Mm -hmm. everything from, you know, hey, you know, doing song requests to, you know, doing kind of, you know, like you said, on screen kind of, imagery or like videos or things like that to even just like, you know, we have a bunch of artists who have smart lights in their room and you can literally change the <laughs> color of their room with, you know, a command in chat, things oh, like fun. that. yeah. Um, so I think kind of that aspect, plus again, you know, think about, you know, those services that allow a fan to support an artist financially, like Patreon and Bandcamp and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the beauty of Twitch is the artist is right there. They know when you are actually supporting them, they shout you out. And so there's so much incentive for you to actually support that artist, because again, it just brings those artists and fans together. I think mm. kind of going um, back to your point, I think one of the important things about Twitch is, you know, the community norms. And so what's mm. beautiful about kind of the gaming side and having it, you know, having that audience already knowing like, hey, if I want custom emotes, if I want a badge the show, I'm a subscriber, like the audience kind of knows what to do. And there is an expectation that you, you know, will support your favorite creator. Um, And we have a bunch of dynamics built around that. So not only can like, you know, I as a fan subscribe to your channel, Ari, I can Mm -hmm. give gift subscriptions to everyone kind of in the room to support you as well. And so I think kind of, there's a lot of ingrained behavior there and it's Mm -hmm. working incredibly well. Uh, we just had a, we have a rack. Um, He's a Grammy nominated, you know, producer, artist. Um, He's broadcasting a couple of days a week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the dude has Grammys. He goes on tour twice a year. He's saying, you know, he's making more money on Twitch than he is in his like real world concerts. And that's amazing because he can do it, you know, from his home, you know, has his own setup. He can control what's there. And Mm -hmm. he gets that level of interaction too, because again, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for an artist like him, an electronic artist, you know, it's a dark setting with like lights and that sort of thing. And he, he can, you know, react with his, uh, fan base as well.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. And, 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 um, I mean, (laughs) so when you, someone gifting subs, gifting subscriptions to other people, um, the artists, do they get paid for those? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. And so it's like, it's not only are, is the fan tipping the artist supporting the artist that they're watching they're, also helping to facilitate community by bringing that. people in and saying, hey, this is a fun place to be. And it's like the artist is, sure, they started the stream. They're kind of the head facilitator. But yep. now you have all of these like co-facilitators that cool. are helping to enhance the experience and show everybody else there. It's kind of like the person at the, at the concert who uh you know takes the young buck first time there under their wing Mm -hmm. and it's like oh is this your first show man well this is my 37th show of this artist and I love them but like just wait for when they play this song and this is what's going to happen and this is what we're going to do make sure you get your phone out for this moment and you know and it's kind of like you show them the way of the world in that in that realm and it's kind of like I've seen that in the chats is like people who've been there for a while they kind of help out the other newbies there. Or like when maybe an audience comes in, like somebody raids another uh, stream and then yep. all these newbies come in and they kind of want to show off to the, all the like this brand new crowd that just came in. and like, hey, this is a cool place to be.
0: So Yeah, well, it, and there's a couple of things in there that I think yeah. are
1: important to point out. So like, first
0: and foremost, the way to think about it is almost like a fan club, right? You know, you have presidents of fan clubs who kind of, you know, do this extra work and organization because mm-hmm. they're they're really there to support the artist. You know, yeah. in a lot of ways, ours gift, uh, our gift givers uh, are that, right? They're saying mm-hmm. like, hey, I want to support the artist. And I, you know, when I give five gift subscriptions, which is $25 or 50 of them or whatever the number is, mm-hmm. like the artist kind of knows that I'm a big gift subscriber and that kind of cements our relationship. And then the community uh, knows that as well because we have Badging who shows who's the, the biggest gift givers and that sort of thing. And yeah. so you kind of get both that community vibe, like you said, because I mean, it's been said a lot. You generally like across lots of services, you come for the content, but you stay for the community. And mm-hmm. like that community around the artist is so, so special because all the, the community members, they know each other. And this becomes like a friend circle for you and you mm-hmm. have that common connection of the artist. So that's really, really important. And then mm-hmm. two, I think kind of to your point as well, you know, if you think about kind of the real world experience, you know, maybe you pay 30, 50, a hundred dollars to go see a show. Maybe you buy the 30, $40 t-shirt. That's okay. kind of all you can contribute on yeah. Twitch. It's unkept. You can give lots of lots of gift subscriptions. You can give an unlimited number of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fairly regular. I mean, I go on Twitch music like, Pretty much every day for yeah. an hour or several hours, and you know you see people drop thousand dollars, subs- uh, uh, thousands of dollars, you know, or <laughs> thousands of dollars a week. Um, you know, one stream someone will drop a hundred gift subs, which is five hundred dollars. Like they give a wow. thousand dollar donation, you know, those sort of things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that's so special is mm. you, know, you can support the artist however you want, and that community all kind of sees it, and it incentivizes everyone else to give support as well.
1: It's like this this concept where, um, and, I, and I think uh, Derek Sivers, I, I'll attribute it to him. I, I think he was the first person that at least I heard say it, is that uh, fans want to pay you, let them. Yes. And you totally. have to actually facilitate a way to do that. And it's like one of the reasons why I love Bandcamp that does the pay what you want, you know, uh, and you can do it. Because like when I put yep. my music on Bandcamp, one person paid me two hundred bucks for a ten song album, and it was just like they, just like I gave them a way to support me, and it was a way that they could do that. But like you're right, when you buy a ticket to a concert, they don't say it's $30 or more. They're just like, this is the cost. And, and you want to buy a t-shirt. It's like, this is the cost yeah. of that. It's yeah. very transactional and can seemingly be a little cold. Whereas this, it's so much more fluid. And I love that, you know, Twitch works in like bits and subs mm-hmm. and subscriptions. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's not like, dollars necessarily but we know it's like you just gifted a 100 subs it's like wow you just dropped 500 dollars on this artist and like that's amazing and so cool and like mind-blowing that that actually happened so when you mentioned earlier um the uh it was it was rack i think you said yeah who yeah. is kind of making more money um on twitch than they were when they were touring uh traditionally like i think that is going to be very eye-opening for some artists. And could you – I mean are there any numbers that you can share in terms of like – is he an anomaly? Is this like – well, he's the one that is actually making money and other people are making like $7 a week. Like it, like I, I don't think people really have a grasp on the actual uh, – the ability to make a decent revenue stream on Twitch unless you're a Grammy winner like Rack. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. So that's the thing that has been super, super surprising to me is just, Mm -hmm. you know, I I mentioned before, the reason I came to Twitch was all about interaction. And as we started to dig into the stats and how well um, fans are supporting their favorite artists, like that kind of changed everything for me personally, because, again, I come from the world where you need millions of all the things streams, right. video views, followers, in order to make some decent money because it's tough in the music business. Um, yeah. What we're seeing on Twitch, so um, you know, from just January to September, the number of artists uh, making $25,000 or more annually has grown 750%. And so wow. like $25,000 is a lot of streams. It's a lot of video views. And mm-hmm. what's really, really surprising is that they're achieving the success With audiences, on average, less than 200 fans.
1: He emailed me right afterwards asking me to correct the numbers that he misstated. He had just received the numbers, and so we are breaking this news. I don't believe that this info is anywhere else. As of late October 2020, the median viewership for creators making over $50,000 was just 183 fans. Meaning, the majority of those musicians monetizing on Twitch are doing so with an average audience of just a few hundred total people. He actually says by accident, 25,000 plus, it's actually 50,000 making $50,000 a year or more. Again, the median viewership for creators making over $50,000 was just 183. We're not dealing with macro numbers here and micro payments. You can make over $50,000 a year on Twitch, according to these numbers, and many, many, many people are, with just 183 people watching you. And that's what these creators are doing.
0: And to me, that's just really, really mind-blowing. So, you know, there's a theory out there of a 1,000 true fans. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, you know, have a 1,000 true fans who pay you $100 a year, you can make $100,000. We're Mm -hmm. seeing this kind of in practice on Twitch. And Mm. it just kind of helps... To me, it's been unlearning everything I know about music, having worked in music for a very long time. Again, mm-hmm. it's always been conditioned on you just need such scale. And what you yeah. actually need is passion and basically like that fandom. Because the other thing to kind of keep in mind is, you know, as uh, it's not just like one time contributions, if you're broadcasting regularly, that's an opportunity for a fan to support you. And the super right. fans often, you know, every single time, uh, you broadcast, they'll do some kind of uh, financial support.
1: Yeah, it's not like running a Kickstarter every three years or something where they have one opportunity to give you a bunch of money. It's like every time you go live, you can do that. That's, I mean, I wanna hit that those numbers again yeah. that you just said, so uh between January and September, there's a bunch of artists that are making at least $25,000 a year. Are, you said it's 750% growth, but what does that mean? Is that Do you have numbers of like the actual numbers of musicians that is? Is that like last year it was five and this year it's like 25 because it's like 750% growth? What does that mean?
0: Um, so we don't, we're not disclosing specific numbers okay. other than it is scaling very, very fast. And yeah. it's basically kind of that traditional hockey stick growth that you love to see um, yeah. with uh, businesses and startups. But I can tell you, just there are a ton of artists making significant money, and it's yeah. you know twenty five thousand and up.
1: Cool. That I mean, and that's nuts. That I think the the biggest takeaway, which is going to give a lot of artists, especially just starting out, um, some encouragement, is that you said the majority of them are from fewer than two hundred fans. And, like, that is so reassuring and comforting because you're right. We are – the music industry right now is obsessed with these micro payments and macro numbers. And it's kind of like you need – you need a million streams to make barely $4,000 on Spotify, barely at this stage, it's even less. And it's like, man, a million streams. That seems so daunting. It's like, man, how am I going to get to there without like landing the Holy grail on like an editorial playlist, which is like a shot in the dark. And, and it's like, but this seems a way and right to get $25,000. I can't do the math right now, but that is millions of streams. And that's like, but but being able to get 200 fans, that seems a lot more attainable to me and a lot easier uh, to do and, and accomplish to make 25000 a year from live streaming. So what, like, now the next question, I think yeah. a lot of musicians are thinking to themselves is like, okay, that's awesome. How? Yep. Like, yep, how do totally. I do this? Because, like, I've done a Twitch stream, maybe, and, and like... I got three people on there and they're dipping sure. in and out and like seven people came in one time, but like, I, it didn't really go great. So like, I, you know, how yeah. do I do this?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the like best question of just like, how do you get started? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it starts with just be true to yourself as an artist. I see too many artists, you know, trying to emulate other styles and things like that. I think mm-hmm. that authenticity is the thing that rings really, really true. You know, the next thing that I would say is is, Mm. uh, two things. So one, you know, if you have places where you have existing fans like social, bring them Mm. over, Um, Mm. you know, let them know when you're going to be streaming, create a regular schedule, because I think, you know, again, this is a live medium and a lot of folks aren't trained to like, Okay, I need to be at a certain place to watch a stream. Um, Think about it, you know, like a concert, like you kind of have to be there. And that's the beauty of it. The most important thing, I think, is 200 fans is not a lot. We have a crazy music-loving community on Twitch. Cool. Get involved in the community kind of as a viewer. And again, community is everything. So as you form kind of friendships with different streamers, with different community members, they will be there for you when you're ready to stream. And so Mm. some of our most successful streamers, like They were on Twitch for like a month or two, just kind of as a fan, kind of getting to know the ecosystem, getting to know like the best practices, but also just getting to know the other community members. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned before, we have no features. uh, We have a feature called Braids, where basically when you're done with the stream, you can push your whole live audience to another stream. Mm -hmm. You know, as you develop those friendships, you know, people will be there for you. And so what we see really, really Mm -hmm. successful with Braids is it's just kind of like, the, the, the headliner with the opener, you yeah. know, everyone loves to raid smaller channels. And that's just an ingrained behavior of Twitch as well is cool. because, you know, a lot of our streamers grew up, you know, with a couple of people and then they grew and they grew and they grew. And it does take time. You know, this is not a like you start with day one and you're just like killing it. It does take yeah. time to kind of build up your community. But again, you know, the, the, mu- mm. the music, you know, community, They want to be there and they want to support creators. And so the more you can kind of get involved in the community, the faster you can.
1: Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what Kid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. Kid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that for me at this point is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. District Kid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up and then District Kid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. District Kid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, DistrictKid.com. And you make a really good point that I, I want to hit for the musicians listening to this, thinking about getting started on Twitch start as a fan and and then get to know the community like that's so important because and it's also getting to know the etiquette of just how it works on twitch and like sure maybe spend the first month just going around and getting to you know seeing how people do it follow the musicians you dig seeing how fans are interacting learn what all these terms are like raid or subs or bits or like all these twitch specific terms um and that's such an important step one to learn how you're going to do it, and it's kind of you know, um, and then and then you also hit you, you touched on it briefly, but like when you said set a schedule, uh, I really love that you mentioned that because I think a lot of us are very familiar with Instagram Live, Facebook Live, and the what we think of there is just like eh, I'll go live one time, it pops up for all my followers. They'll tune in for a couple minutes maybe, and then that's it. And it's just like it's kind of an afterthought. But you're creating this as like an event. You're saying, this is my schedule. And you're kind of touching on the consistency, how you kind of need to keep doing it. So you set a schedule. Maybe it's like, all right, Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going live and, and find me on Twitch. You promote that everywhere. And then after you've done the month of Twitch research of like learning how it happens and how people are doing it, that, that seems like it's like you, you're kind of setting yourself up for success in that realm. Once you do the mindset shift, it's not Instagram, it's not Facebook. There's a completely different community, different etiquette. And that's another thing that you keep mentioning and referencing the Twitch community It's like, so it seems like there's the Twitch community, and then there's these sub-communities of people who, who really love video gaming, and then people who really love music. Can you speak to that community aspect? Because I think where the mindset shift and challenge is coming for a lot of artists is like, we don't think of there's a Facebook community. We don't think there's an Instagram community. And if there's a Spotify community, it's really just kind of like music lovers. And like the YouTube, there's no real YouTube necessarily, like everybody's on YouTube and use it for whatever purposes. What do you mean when it's like Twitch community? Like, do you have any maybe numbers to share of just like people like spend more time on Twitch or or have some time that they spend there or something like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the biggest number that I can give you is um, every month the Twitch community watches 1.5 billion hours of content. Like Whoa. That's staggering. And I think going back to what you said about the consistent schedule and kind mm-hmm. of the other surfaces, you pop in and out and you get a notification. The Twitch community is there to it's long form content and they're mm-hmm. there to kind of watch, you know, an hour plus of content, you know, per session. And that's why the regular schedule matters. And then I think kind of going back to kind of the concept of like the Twitch community and gamers and all of that, I think one thing that's like super important is if you first think about like a gamer, right? These are people who like have consoles and they're used to spending lots of money on, uh, on games themselves um, and downloadable content, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, that's what's trained at the Twitch community in and of itself to like support their favorite creators because they uh-huh. are spenders. Now, the interesting thing is, is if you think about just how the world is trending and kind of the next generation, everyone's grown up with an iPhone and an Android, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone has played, you know, Minecraft or Roblox or whatever. So realistically, you know, people think about a gaming community, but everyone is becoming a gamer over time because everyone's grown up with it. Right, Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I think kind of you know that's one important thing because you don't think about like to your point like who's the Spotify community? Well, everyone loves music, so like that's like not a thing. And I what I what I think is really really important is is that this generation of like everyone is a gamer. Everyone kind of has the expectation of they want to, uh, well, they have access to you know the the creators that they love, and you put those two things together, you know, in an, an environment like Twitch where okay, now I am supporting you know, that creator that I, you know, really love, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where I think kind of we have a lot of, you know, wind in our sails. And that's why the model is working super, super well, Mm -hmm. um, is that, you know, creators, you know, are creating and these fan bases are spending a lot of time and a lot of money to support those creators. And it's Mm -hmm. this virtuous cycle, because I think the other thing that is important is that some of the most successful creators, like they put a goal of like, Hey, I want a new streaming PC. It costs X number of dollars, and they put a goal. And so, as people contribute to it, and I will tell you, like people on Twitch love to contribute to a good goal. And it's mm. it's 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 a loop, right? Because if you have a better streaming PC or a better microphone, you get a better stream, and that community gets a better experience. And so it's mm-hmm. this just virtuous loop of I'm going to support you because ultimately it benefits me, yeah. um, and I have a better experience and all of that. So. Yeah, so there's a lot yeah.
1: in there. <laughs> That's cool. That's crazy. It's like you can set that goal up. It's like a it's like a real time Kickstarter in that moment, yeah. and uh, you kind of continue it through your streams, and it's ongoing. And and you do mention for for people that are kind of newer to Twitch when you're uh, the the gaming experience, and we're all used to gaming because Twitch. When I first went on it, it definitely it was. It, Right off the bat, it's very. It can be overwhelming if you're not if you don't you're not expecting it. There's a lot to learn. Yep. There's things flying all over the place. There's things on yep. the screen. There, you know, it does seem like it's a gamified experience for everybody there. But then, as I got deeper and got to know it, it felt much less random, and it felt like it was this fully, um, like collaborative. Interactive gaming experience of well, it was just like a collaborative interactive experience, and it and it almost felt like it, it was. I, I call it gaming because it's like it's fun and games are fun, yeah. but yeah. it it almost didn't seem like a game in the sense the traditional like I want to beat this boss and make it to the next right. level. There are those kind of components, um, you know. But it's also uh, what was so interesting was like at the end of a song. Their form of applause was, you know, it's just like you see these emotes popping up and and the subs are coming in and then bits are coming in. It's like it's a celebration after a song and it's like this new form. It's like the etiquette and I keep hitting etiquette because it's the mindset shift of understanding what the etiquette is of each community. The etiquette when you're at a listening room watching a folk concert is to clap. After the show, you don't get up, take your shirt off, and spin it over your head and start (laughs) screaming. That's not the etiquette at a folk concert. But at a rock show outside at an amphitheater, hell, take your shirt off, take your pants off, whatever. Just like (laughs) spin that around and scream, and and that's totally acceptable. That's the etiquette there. There's a different etiquette when it comes to Twitch, and it's like – it sounds absurd but like you're not necessarily going to sit in your room and just clap you know at the end of somebody's song who's playing the thing because they're not going to hear that so like right. there's a different way to show that appreciation applause just happens to be the thing that is that is universally accepted in the live space in the physical realm and then in the digital realm twitch has kind of created its own uh methods of of showcasing appreciation. And I thought that that's like a really interesting, cool way to do it. Well, And
0: I think kind of, that, that you make a good point is that, you know, there's kind of the Twitch wide expectations,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: each channel has its own community and its own inside jokes and its own etiquette as well. And mm. so kind of what happens after a song or how do you get a song request in, you know, some, some folks have it where, you know, hey, anyone can request a song and I will play any song. Um, there are folks who say, okay, cool, I'm only going to play a song, you know, to subscribers, or there's kind of the hybrid models of like, hey, anyone can, you know, request a song, but my subscribers will get, you know, priority and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so it really kind of depends on the nature of your community, the size of it, you know, has it grown over time. But, you know, it could be like crazy emotes all over the place, or, you know, it could be, you know, more kind of polite or like whatever it is. Um, But I think kind of, you know, that's the beauty of Twitch is like, you get this is, it's your channel. You can do whatever yeah. you want on it. And, you know, you get to set the expectations of, you know, because a lot of it too is cued on the creator, right? It's the like, yeah. I'm going to acknowledge certain, certain kind of behaviors and not and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think kind of, you know, that's what's like really kind of wonderful is is the mm. creator has control
1: yeah and that and that's cool and i've seen like the emotes uh it's kind of like twitch's version of an emoji a little icon image thing and like uh people have created customized like hand drawings of the artist and that like they can just like pop those on the screen at the end of a song and that kind of stuff
0: well and, and the beauty of the emotes is that you know in a lot of ways that's The way that I think about emotes is like, that's the little, you know, the little pin that you put on your backpack, you know, the pins Mm -hmm. or patches that you put on your backpack. And Mm -hmm. the beauty of it is that the fans love, because you get a custom emote, you create a custom emote as a creator. If someone subscribes to your channel, they get access to use those emotes. They can use those emotes in your channel, but also in other channels as well. And so if there's a cool emote that you see that it, you know, then you can go directly back to that creator's channel, go follow them, and see what their community is all about. Which is
1: it's cool. like wearing uh, it's like wearing a uh, uh, Phoebe Bridgers t-shirt to a Maggie Rogers concert, 100%. and to say yes. it's like, hey, I actually I'm I'm sport this other artist, but like we're all the same here, and it's like you know 100%. that that kind of a thing. So 100%, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool way to do it. So yeah. in the in the music space specifically, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think there's there's Some confusion, and I've been hearing this a lot from our live streaming students um, in Ari's Take Academy that are starting to do this, and then also just in the music community in general. Like even some of the big uh, streamers that you have out there, uh, like Lara six six eight three, she was tweeting about that. There's like I think there's a lot of confusion about the. just like what we're able to live stream because music rights can get a little bit tricky at times and where there's so much confusion about like, am I allowed to play a cover song during my live stream? You were talking about rack before this, this electronic Mm -hmm. artist, is he allowed to cut in, um, a, a sample of a Dido song from the nineties during his live stream? Like, I I don't like what's the answer like what are we able to do because I I think that's like uh, other than just playing our original music acoustically I think there's a lot of confusion on like what we're allowed to do on Twitch
0: yeah no I mean it's a great question and we obviously kind of get it quite a bit I mean the good news is like there's so many like creative ways that people are using Twitch and then it's everything from just like making original music so you know we have a lot of uh, creators like literally with Ableton or Pro Tools or Logic Up kind of uh, making music. There's the kind of live performances, both original um, and um, cover songs. You know, looping is my favorite thing where you basically, an artist will like build up a song and play every single instrument. Um, So there's lots and lots of kind of things that you can do. I think kind of the general guidance is that, you know, live performances, well, live is the thing that we optimize for, right? Because live is where kind of the interaction happens and live is where Quite frankly, like all of the financial support happens. And so mm. we pay PRO rights just like any venue um, or public performance organizations for performance rights. rights for yep. performance um, riches,
1: sure. And licenses. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yep. Because, um, you know, just like any venue, you know, that's the obligation for these live performances, whether they're originals or covers. You yeah. know, now kind of where it comes to pre-recorded or kind of any recorded so whether it's um vods or clips you know Mm -hmm. we the guidance that we give is is you should have the rights and permission to use the music or compositions and so Mm -hmm. you know Racks a great example of like you know these he uses a lot of kind of snippets from records that he's actually created and tries to mix them all together We and so you know basically that's the general guidance that we give is if you want recorded
1: yeah when you, okay so you're saying vods and clips so that's video on demand so that's the the yep. kind of the replays of the yep. live so like when you're doing it live uh you're okay because it's just like you're performing live in a venue exactly. and just like venues uh you're getting those performance licenses in yep. the states it's like from ASCAP, BMI, CSEC, that kind of yep. stuff yep. um so you get the performance licenses just like you're a live venue yep. in that space the challenge and I do understand this um, and if you don't understand it, read chapter 13 in my book, uh, <laughs> it's like, there's a, there's a whole slew of rights that come into play when you go into the, um, I guess it, you call it video on demand, the VOD, the, yeah. the clips, but it's, it's really just, um, a video clip that you can then play right. and it's a replay that comes into like a, there's a sync license that's required. And there's, there's a bunch of other kinds of licenses that are re- required there and rights. And it's interesting that you mentioned because I, I, I don't think enough people understand this or even realize this. Um, how much of Twitch is live and how much are people going there and watching the video on demand, is watching these replays or just watching video clips?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the vast majority of the content is live um, because again, that's where all the interaction is happening. Um, What we, what we see is super successful is actually, you know, the thing that we say about Twitch is, you know, we're not precious about Twitch being the only thing that you do, you know, Mm -hmm. the the beauty of live is you can take multiple bites of the apple. So you can kind of do a live session on, um, on Twitch. You can kind of, you know, if you record that video in OBS or whatever streaming software you use, you can Uh upload it to YouTube, you know, assuming, you know, you have the rights and they have the rights and all of that. You can take it to Twitter. You could, you know, take the audio and make a similar to this. You can make a podcast. Um, We think that there's lots of things you can do with it, but just live is just where the community is just super interactive and supportive. And so that's what we optimize for. And, you know, just to give a shout out, like it is super, super complicated. Um, We actually have a series called Camp Creator. It's a live stream in which we talk about really, really complex issues for creators. Um, And next week's on uh, December 9th, it's covering this very topic of what Mm. musicians kind of do, uh, what should they uh, think about um, when they're broadcasting live.
1: Awesome. That's great to know. Um, I noticed that you launched recently uh, Soundtrack. And I was looking at the Soundtrack portal or that page. And there was a lot of independent distributors and indie labels. I saw like DistroKid on there. I saw SongTrader on there. Um, What is Soundtrack? What is that?
0: Yeah, so Soundtrack um, is, it's a product that we launched a couple of months ago. And what it does is it enables um, creators on Twitch to feature, you know, licensed music within their live streams. Um, mm. these, this is content that, you know, both the artists and the labels really, really want to basically tap into. We talked about kind of the music-loving audience of Twitch. Yeah. Um, it enables kind of the streamers to have that safe music and basically a way for, you know, this, this uh, crazy fan base to discover new music, and then just take that additional step to A, you can kind of within two clicks, save it to your um, music service of choice. So Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever. And two, uh. you can actually follow the live channel, the live Twitch channel um, of the artist that is playing. And that all kind of happens within video.
1: hmm Cool. So um, when, when, let's say I use one of these songs from Soundtrack in my live stream. Um, is it uh, the, like, does the name get put on the screen or like, what does that mean yeah. when, yeah, when yeah, I yeah. use the song?
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a great yeah, question. So basically what happens is, you know, you, uh, the broadcaster is using Soundtrack and they connect it to the streaming software. And basically there's a feature which we call the artist promotion feature, which basically mm-hmm. pops up within the video. And it has the metadata of, the artist name, the song name, and then that's the thing that you click to save it to your uh, Mm -hmm. music service of choice and or follow the Twitch live channel. Um, We're Mm -hmm. super excited because, you know, just the amount of demand, you know, we launched it, I think, at the end of September, beginning of October. Um, You know, there's been over a hundred labels and and distributors who've reached out since saying like, hey, how can we be a part of it? Um, Just today, uh, Matt Matt Heafy from Trivium, um, he released his kind of, new album on a soundtrack um to just make sure that it's available for streamers to use kind of without uh right so uh, without, the next yeah.
1: yeah yeah the next question that every musician is thinking right now is yeah. how do I get my music there yeah. so streamers will use it i want to see my my song name pop right. up in the stream of a of a big you know live streamer like how do i get my music there and how, what's the strategy to kind of go about that
0: yeah so um, we, so it depends on kind of, you know, what your relationship is and how you get your music onto the various services. So uh-huh. if you use DistroKid or SoundCloud, um, you can just kind of use those services to directly get your music um, submitted to Soundtrack. So it's important okay. to know that Soundtrack is a playlist and, and uh, radio station ecosystem. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a curated experience to start. Um, and... Um so that's kind of one way or if you you know basically work with your label if you're assigned to a label because we work mm-hmm. with dozens of them.
1: Cool. So if I distribute my music let's say through DistroKid and yeah. um could I theoretically go to a live streamer that I dig, uh maybe it's a gamer, maybe it's someone else doing something and be like, "Hey, uh you could feature my song in your thing." Uh I use DistroKid. I it, well, is it safe to assume that they could theoretically search my song uh, in the soundtrack library and pop it up on the screen because it's, uh, because I used distro kid or do they just have to hit play on a general radio version of soundtrack?
0: Yeah. So it is the latter, not the former. So yep. Right now we're starting kind of with a very curated experience. It's not on demand. Um, so it is kind of, you know, if you are within a playlist or a station, um, you know, that's where you would show up
1: okay yeah I'm, I'm thinking of like how can artists m- maybe use twitch in a creative way to promote their music on other streams other than doing it live or something or you know getting a raid from somebody else while they're live streaming it's just like what about if we like uh kind of have overlap with the twitch community a little bit with the music community the gamer community and it's just yeah. like hey gamers like music too like let's go i want to like go to some gamers and be like hey feature my song in your live stream uh, would they be able to do that? Could they do that in general? Can they just like hit play on Spotify on my album or something and play that? Or, I mean,
0: it's so that, you know, that's kind of, that goes back to the kind of rights and like how that okay. all works um, yeah. and permission side. Um, I think, you know, right now we're very much starting kind of soundtrack. We're starting kind of small with, you know, the curated experience and we hope Got to it. kind of scale it out over time. But I think exactly what you said is right. The whole intent is this massive audience. I mean, if, Billion and a half <laughs> hours consumed is yeah. a lot of content consumed. And so kind of, you know, as the uh, creators, um, especially kind of on the gaming side, start to adopt soundtrack, uh, mm-hmm. that's where we're going to see lots and lots of um, just new audiences
1: Got it. Cool. Um, I want to take some questions we have from yeah. people here. Um, so the first person I'm going to bring in, uh, she's a, she's actually the instructor for our live streaming for musicians course, uh, Claire Means. Uh, she uh, is an active live streamer on all the platforms, including Twitch, um, and she's nice. been teaching this. And so let me bring her in. Um, oh, here we do. We can just do, let me see here. Um, all right. All
3: right. Hey, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on and and, and talking about Twitch. It's been like yeah. very informative. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess I just had a general question for like any newbies on Twitch, just little tips and tricks to get more visibility. I mean, I definitely know, you know, like talking in the community, you know, meeting other streamers and going in other streamers broadcasts and raids are super helpful um, and like tagging yourself in the music category. So yeah, is it, and also I guess, I've noticed some days like I have more people coming in randomly from the music category than others. So I'm wondering how that algorithm works, like if there's any hashtags or titles or lightning you recommend or timing of the day or just any any other little tips you could give them that.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing that we encourage is, you know, obviously tag yourself kind of in the music category. But we have additional tags as well that you can apply to your stream. Things like um, uh, uh what is it like? Um, electronic music or singer songwriter things like that. Um, those kind of help kind of our algorithm surface up the right content to the right people. One thing that's important to know is is that we are, we optimize discovery on personalization. So it's you know we think you will like this type of content versus you know here's the big streams and go listen to them. Um, one thing that's like super exciting is like, uh, I think only a week ago we released an experiment where before when you went to the music landing page, it was, here's all the channels and they are sorted by concurrent viewers. So the biggest channels are first and the smaller channels are last. We've we've just released this new feature kind of as an experiment where there are different shelves of different types of use cases. So we kind of have live performers, we have uh, music producers, we have music talk, you know, different kind of categories in which, you know, folks can basically go in and, you know, discover music in the way that they're used to discovering um, mm. music content. So the big thing uh, to, to uh, answer your question is it's use those tags, because those help inform, you know, which shelves would you go in? How do we personalize it to the individual users?
3: Okay. May I ask one more quick question, too, actually? Go for it. About, yeah. So, yeah, about how becoming, I've also noticed, like, some people will have, you know, 10,000 followers and they're not yet a partner, and some other people will have 3,000 and they are a partner. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with like their viewership. Is there anything else, the yeah. reasons why certain people are partners? And also, if you can talk about the benefits of becoming a partner, too. I'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, I mean, we basically kind of have three tiers of streamers. So you kind of start off as a normal streamer. Um, once you kind of hit a certain threshold, and it's a pretty low threshold, um, you can become affiliate. Um, Affiliate starts to unlock monetization for you. So you kind of get a a default number. There you are. Um, Wait, I feel (laughs) like I know you. Um.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was like, turn your video on.
3: I I do live streaming for a living. (laughs) I forgot to turn on the camera. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, um, yeah, so Affiliate basically unlocks monetization. So you start to, uh, you can enable um, subscriptions and emotes and things like that. And then partnership is kind of our highest level. Basically, you do have to hit um, regular um, concurrent audience thresholds. You have to have a certain number of hours broadcast. You know, This is kind of the folks who are really, really committed to Twitch. Um, yeah. So what it does is it unlocks additional benefits like you get um, prioritized support. You, can, um, you have much more uh, emote slots. Um, so you can have more kind of our custom emojis. Um, you have better monetization options, that sort of thing. Um, and there are additional, you know, basically when we do community-based programs, you know, you can participate in those as well. So basically it's the, you know, if you, if Twitch is kind of the platform where you want to do live, like we're yeah. going to support you back.
3: No, it, so the, the partner, the monetization thing is, does every partner get the same cut? Like with, with like, okay, because I, I was talking yeah. to somebody about it and they're like, some partners... I, yeah, I, I was confused because some people I are to in the community. And they're like, some partners make more per sub than others or something. And I, I just, is it all the yeah, same? Yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. So, I mean, I think kind of our partnership tier is, is you know, is, is a standard tier. And it's basically kind of like the allocations of, you know, ads versus all of that. Um, those uh, could be different. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. Cool. Thank
1: you. Thanks. Um, awesome. So... Um, Yeah, so that's a that's a really good point. So these these various tiers, which the from the affiliate to the partner, is that written out anywhere in Twitch? So people could be like, Oh, I need x number of x of y to get to affiliate or I need x number of y to get to partner? Like, how do we know what we're aiming for when it comes to that?
0: Yeah. So there's two places. So one, I think when we have a general um, on our support side in the FAQs, you can see what the tiers actually are and the thresholds. And, and then two, um, basically, as you kind of uh, move through the different tiers. So if you start out, you'll see uh-huh. basically in your creator dashboard, here's kind of the thresholds that you need to hit. Um, it is important to know that like, these are invite programs. Um, so Got you it. may be able to like hit all of those things. But, you know, say, for example, like, kind of did something you shouldn't have done and you've Mm committed you violated community guidelines like Mm -hmm. you know those are some criteria as well which our partnership team looks at um and i think kind of you know there are other things that again for partnership specifically you know Mm -hmm. it's the you've committed to twitch um so there are some like uh, basically some requirements we have around exclusivity and things like that, um, whereas affiliates kind of a more open program.
1: Right. I do know because uh, because a lot of uh, live streamers use Restream, which enables them mm-hmm. to stream, uh, do a live stream on multiple platforms at once, like like you do Periscope and YouTube or Facebook and YouTube at the same time or something like that. Um, I do know that there is a restriction, I believe, or correct me if I'm wrong, where once you enable monetization, once you become an affiliate or a partner, you are exclusive to Twitch in that one stream, meaning you don't multi-stream at the same time. So so that's
0: true for partnership. And the reason why we have that requirement is really, you know, we know that just monetization works so well when you're focused and you're interacting Mm. with the platform. And it's quite hard to do that when you're trying to look at multiple screens and interacting with multiple communities.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, We have a question from Athena Burke. She says, uh, how is Twitch for older musicians? I have tons of fans on Facebook, but curious how I would uh, fit in on Twitch and how to transition.
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So we have just artists of all genres use cases, demographics. So it's less a matter of just like older musicians or younger musicians or whatever. Again, you know, the important thing to remember is, you know, our, our um, you know the average number of fans, you know, making over 25,000, it's under 200. And so you actually kind of don't need that scale um, of like, you don't need the whole Twitch, you know, demographics to be looking at you. Um, so yes, we have lots and lots of artists kind of of, of, of a bunch of different um, demographics uh, mm-hmm. and, and fan bases that do really, really well on Twitch.
1: Cool. Right on. Great to hear. Um, I'm going to bring uh, Jerron in. Um, Jerron, how's it going?
2: It is going. Nice to meet you, Tracy. Go hey. ahead. All right, so Tracy, um, I recognize the importance of visibility. I'm glad to hear that you guys are just launched something to help because I'm a no one on Twitch. Claire and other people are up on the top. There's no way I can compete with with people with mass following. So I'm glad to hear that you're shelving it per different tiers. However, with that said, I'm sure you know how Google ads works. You And that's a pay for real estate kind of thing. First page, you you type, I need a plumber in New York. You know that people are only gonna look at the first 20 hits. Similarly, I see the layout in Twitch like that. You go in the music category, an abundance of people. How do small fries like myself yep. get seen? Because obviously you guys aren't, it's not a pay for play system, it's a community yep. spirit. So what metrics and tools do you have coming down in the pop line, pipeline? tutorials, assets, things that we can use to us sure. really build our channels. Because yes, I believe in building community, raids and all that, that's, that's very broad yep. and that's good effective. but what strategy specifics?
0: Yeah, so I think kind of first and foremost, the thing to kind of really think about with Twitch is that we optimize on personalization, not kind of size. And so when you go into mm-hmm. you know Twitch and the Twitch music page, you'll see folks with, you know, dozens of concurrent fans. And so, you know, we're moving, we've moved away from the like big channels kind of get more discovery. The Mm -hmm. best advice I could give kind of on best practices is um, we have a a site called Camp Creator um, for musicians. Um, So it's artists.twitch.tv. Check out there that has all the resources. There's some kind of best practices and we're continuing to add uh, to Info. that ecosystem and a lot of that um advice is from successful music streamers
1: and i and i love that and that's like it's such a uh we'll definitely link to that as well it'll be in the show notes what you're talking about uh the TV slash tv um yep. i'll get the correct link and we'll put it in there yeah, but yeah, um yeah. that's super helpful to know and and i i you know i i i feel the frustration um in jaron's voice when it's just like i'm a small potato like how do i compete with the big guys but, like, I love that you keep going back to, it, and it's, like, so important for people to realize, the average number of people that are making $25,000 a year on Twitch have fewer than 200 fans. Like... That's very attainable but like then you also said you know starting with becoming a community member and maybe just spending a bit more time as a fan not trying to like do the thing right away without the full tool belt of tools and understanding how it goes. So that's really cool too. Um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, stop it there. Tracy, I want to thank you so much for for spending the time with us today. Awesome. Uh, this was like really uh, insightful informative. I think everyone listening to this right now is probably going on Twitch seconds after we finish this this was like you know and check it out because um yeah it's a really cool community and i love that like the word of the day today has been community and like yeah. that's really in my opinion what the entire new music business is all about now i have one final final question that i ask everyone who comes on the show and okay. that is what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business
0: what does it mean to me to make it in the new music business? Yeah, I think kind of the world is an awesome place where musicians can basically live comfortably mm-hmm. off of just making music and just, you know, doing what they love. I don't oh. think that historically kind of in this current, you know, in the current music ecosystem, it's, it's not that, you know, it's, that's actually limited to the very few. And I know that there's so many people, you know, who have that extra job. You know, to support music, they're working in a bar, they're doing Postmates, you know, Uber, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think, kind of, you know, what we're trying to do, and what I think, you know, I'm so passionate about, is like, you should be able to live comfortably making music and doing what you love. And if we can achieve that at scale, like we're doing a great job.
1: I love it. Cool, Tracy Patrick Chan, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. I'm sorry. All right. right, see you. This is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out distrokid.com.